Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And before we descend on our Bible study, I would like to remind you that all of my Bible studies are free for you to download and copy, and that all of my Bible studies come with no strings attached. There's no registration required, no email required, no subscriptions, no thumbs up, and you will never pay a penny to be able to download and copy any Bible study on my website. The only reason that I created this podcast and the website is to connect you with Christ Jesus. And he paid the price for all of us. We do have a voluntary contact form on my website that if you would like to receive my latest Bible study before it gets posted to the website, but it's 100% voluntary. And again, you don't have to sign up for it to be able to download and copy any of my Bible studies um, that can be used for your personal devotional time, Bible studies, Bible sermons, Bible college, and in seminary, as all of my Bible studies come from my studies in Bible college and seminary. And you can find them at www.hopeisaprayerway.com. That's www.hopeisaprayer.com if you would like to visit the website and be able to download not only this podcast, but uh, any of the other ones that, that we have posted. And like I said, eventually today's podcast will be uploaded to the, uh, to the website. It just sometimes takes a little bit of time. So if you want the, uh, the latest, please give me your email. I'd be more than happy to, to send you what I have. And if at any time you do not want to receive the email, I give you my word that you will be removed from the list immediately and you will no longer be uh, bothered uh, with the nuisance of emails. We know that we have plenty of those. Today I would like to be able to talk to you about a a subject that God has put in my heart and it's um, it's been weighing in my heart for a long time. I want to reach out to the LBGQT community, as well as anyone else that doesn't know Christ. But in specific, I'm really targeting our friends, my brothers and my sisters in that community, because I believe that sometimes in church, we haven't done a good job in welcoming in and teaching and nurturing. We're all different. Nobody's alike. And we are no one to judge anybody. Friends, I am full of sin. All of us are full of sin. So how can I judge somebody? Because they're a little different than me. Maybe I'm the one that that, that there's something wrong with. So let's get into today's study, please. And we're going to begin with what to know about mental health among the transgender individuals. Transgender people often encounter oppression and discrimination, which can all contribute towards adverse mental health outcomes. The term transgender refers to a person with a gender identity 
or expression that differs from the cultural or conventional expectations based on the sex a doctor assigns them at birth. It is also an umbrella term that can describe people who identify as non-binary, gender fluid, gender queer. It can also include those with no gender, multiple genders, or other gender identities. People who identify as transgender have a higher rates of mental health complications than those in the general population due to the stigma and the discrimination that they suffer. In addition to a higher prevalence of mental health issues, transgender people typically experience barriers to health care, such as refusal of care, they're the victims of violence, and a lack of provider knowledge. How sad. How sad. How can we be called Christians if we don't love everyone just like Jesus did? This suggests that these experiences and not being transgender itself may predict and contribute towards the mental health difficulties. Let's also look at, please, the mental health statistics among the transgender people. The World Health Organization, the WHO, states that transgender people and other gender minorities comprise roughly 0.3 to 0.5% or 25 million people of the global population. The WHO adds that transgender people often experience disproportionately high levels of mental health conditions. They note that sexism, discrimination, violence, and barriers to health care can all contribute to the increased chance of mental health concerns. Research suggests that the transgender individuals are almost four times as likely as cisgender people to experience a mental health condition. The U.S. Transgender Survey reveals that many of the, tra of the respondents frequently experience mistreatment and discrimination. Of the respondents, 39% report serious psychological distress compared to just 5% of the general United States population. Furthermore, 40% of the respondents noted that they had attempted suicide in their lifetime, which is nearly nine times the attempted rate in the United States. This is consistent with the findings from the 2019 Trevor Project National Survey which notes that more than half of the transgender and non-binary youth have seriously considered suicide. And as a former or as a retired police officer, I know because I've uh, sadly had to comfort many families because of this situation. And that's why I tell you this is personal to me because there should be no need to treat people wrong. You know, let's love one another. Let's help one another. Why? Why beat up on somebody because they're a little bit different? I've never understood that. And yet we call ourselves Christians and sometimes all of us fall short of that glory. The next topic we want to consider today, please, is 
depression and the transgender identity. Depression is a mood disorder that involves a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest in activities that used to bring joy. A 2018 paper suggests that transgender people can have a nearly fourfold increase risk of depression. This is consistent with a 2015 study noting that transgender youth have a two to threefold increase of mental health outcomes such as depression. Transgender youth face further health disparities as they are twice as likely to experience depressive symptoms, seriously consider suicide, and attempt suicide compared to cisgender, lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, and questioning youth. The 2019 Trevor Project National Survey adds that more than two in three transgender and non-binary youth report symptoms of major depressive disorder. It also highlights that more than half of transgender and non-binary youth have seriously considered suicide. Of the respondents, 29% had attempted suicide. A 2021 article notes the factors such as barriers to care, victimization, and sexism. We also find that the transgender uh, community, they suffer from anxiety and anxiety due to their identity. Anxiety disorders refer to a group of mental health conditions that cause persistent or recurring feelings of nervousness and worry. A 2016 comparative study suggests that transgender people experience more significant anxiety symptoms and have a nearly threefold increased risk of probable anxiety disorder. Stressors can contribute to the development of, of anxiety. Research highlights the role of gender dysphoria, gender incongruence, and internalized sexism in contributing to anxiety. Stress and the, and the transgender identity. Transgender people are, are likely to experience minority stress. This refers to chronically high levels of stress that people within stigmatized groups and minorities face. Transgender people may experience this in the form of environmental stressors, such as exposure to discrimination, interpersonal stressors, such as expecting discrimination and personal stressors, which may reflect internalized sexism. Research notes that the expecting rejection is a frequent and noticeable stressor for trans individuals. Finding indica findings indicate, I'm sorry, that exposed to se several social stressors contribute to mental health problems. Number one, substance abuse or misuse and the transgender identity. Substance misuse includes the use of illegal drugs and the inappropriate use of legal substances such as alcohol. A 2021 investigation indicates that some substance use disorder diagnoses are significantly higher among transgender adults 
than cisgender peers. Risk factors for substance use disorders are considerably higher for trans individuals. A 2020 systematic review suggests that sexism, discrimination, violence, unemployment, sex, work, and gender dysphoria likely play a role in the higher prevalence. Trans people may turn to certain substances as, as a coping method to attempt to deal with the stresses of daily life. We also find low self-esteem and transgender identity as something too that may affect uh, these people. Self-esteem typically refers to how positively a person views themselves. This can reflect their self-image, accomplishments, and success. A 2018 study notes that in addition to anxiety and depression, transgender youth are at an increased risk of de developing low self-esteem. A 2014 study notes that transgender people may experience low self-esteem due to experiencing gender dysphoria and incongruence. I hope I pronounced that right. A 2020 study adds that trans individuals who are comfortable with their appearance and gender identity have more self-esteem. We also find that eating disorders and the transgender identity Eating disorders refer to a range of conditions that involve abnormal and disrupted eating, suggests that LGBTQT individuals experience a greater incidence of eating disorders. A 2015 study indicates that eating disorders are more prevalent among transgender people. A 2016 study also emphasizes that disordered eating behaviors are widespread, widespread among transgender youth. Another 2016 study also suggests that transgender youth are more likely to engage in unsafe weight management behaviors than their cisgender peers. In addition to the stigma and discrimination that the trans people experience, body dissatisfaction may also contribute to disorder eating. Or A 2019 study notes that many trans individuals may engage in disordered eating behaviors for gender-affirming purposes. The barriers and difficulties that trans people experience when trying to access gender-affirming health care may further add to this. But thank God there is therapy. People may want to seek help from a therapist who supports trans and gender non-conforming individuals. Moreover, there's health care. Similarly, people may, not, may only want to work with doctors who support and affirm trans identities. Advocacy groups. Joining local transgender advocacy groups may enable people to feel welcome and part of a community. Community. Establishing connections with other trans or, or gender non-conforming people can help dispel the stereotypes and the stigma. Activism. 
Involvement and taking pride in trans identities can spur activism and may help with confidence and a sense of identity. Let's look at the, uh, the, the definition that they're giving for identity. People can choose when and to whom they disclose their trans identity. No person is under any obligation to tell someone else about their identity. Totally agree. Additionally, the Gay and Lesbian, Al Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation provides a comprehensive list of resources for transgender people. Some other organizations that can provide help include the Trevor Project, Trans Lifeline, the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, the National Center for Transgender Equality, and the Human Rights Campaign. Transgender people are also more like to develop mental health conditions than other people. They are also more likely to contemplate and attempt suicide. Many factors such as stigma, discrimination, and oppression contribute to these adverse mental health outcomes. These factors can also present barriers to healthcare options. However, support options are available. People may be able to find support and advocacy from several organizations. Additionally, trans people should attempt to find therapists and doctors who support and inform trans identities. What is internalized transphobia? This refers to the discomfort that a person may experience after internalizing society's normative gender expectations. Transgender and gender non-conforming people often experience stigma, stigmatization, which may cause them to internalize gender attitudes and develop negative health outcomes. In this article, we will replace we will be replacing the term transphobia with the term sexism. This is because the term transphobia inaccurately focuses on the individual's irrational fears as opposed to the oppressive systems that can affect a person's health. Internalized sexism occurs when a person judges themselves through society's anti-trans bias. The term derives from the notion of internalized homophobia or internalized heterosexism. People with an internalized sexism may feel ashamed of their gender identity or expression, feel judgment from others, or remain closeted. This may result in negative health outcomes among transgender and gender nonconforming people. This system of discrimination exclusion suggests that there are and should be only two genders and that a person's gender relates to their assigned sex at birth. This system oppresses those, gen those whose gender or gender expression does not fall within cisnormative constructs. Sexism perpetuates the idea that cisgender people are the dominant group and cause transgender or gender non-conforming people to experience oppression. Now there's a problem with the term. The term transphobia inaccurately describes systems 
that use irrational fears to subject people to, a to oppression. Phobias can also be a distressing part of lived experience, so using this language is disrespectful to their experience and perpetuates ableism. Why does that happen? Gender stereotypes pervade virtually every aspect of mainstream culture. From gender reveal parties to ideas about normal jobs, appearances, or behaviors for the people to have based on their appearance. Transgender people who normalize these stereotypes may feel shamed for their failure to conform to society's gender expectations. Even when trans people outwardly transition and passes, they may fear people finding out or hate themselves based on stereotypes about trans individuals. Transgender people face high rates of violence, even in more, even in a more accepting modern society. The Human Rights Campaign Report of 2020 was the deadliest year on record for this group, with at least 37 bigotry-fueled murders of trans and gender non-conforming individuals. Some transgender people report difficulties getting to their doctors to acknowledge their gender, to their co-workers to use the correct pronouns, or society to acknowledge that their gender presentation is real and valid. With so many images of hatred of the transgender people and outright denial that they do or should exist, it is understandable that many people who are transgender or gender non-conforming may experience embarrassment or feelings of self-loathing. Some of the factors affecting it. A number of studies have explored the potential factors that may increase the risk of internalizing sexism, and these may include expecting or experiencing rejection, having exposure to prejudice, having a tendency to obsessively think about negative emotions and experiences. Additionally, trans people often grapple with the contradiction between their actual gender and their sex assigned at birth. This incongruity can be frustrating and painful, particularly when a person is unable to transition. One 2020 study proposes the Transgender Identity Survey as a Measure of Internalized Sexism. The, author, the authors of that study proposed four dimensions and predictors of internalized sexism. Number one, pride in transgender identity. This pride may help reduce stigma and internalized sexism. Investment in passing as a cis, cis, cisgender person. People who do not want to appear trans tend to have more internalized sexism, isolation from other transgender people. People who do not have relationships with other trans people who see themselves as disconnected from the trans communities or who view themselves as fundamentally different from other trans individuals may internalize more stigma. There's also shame. People who feel ashamed of their identity, their gender expression, 
and their transition are more likely to have internalized sexism. How can it affect a person's health? Trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming individuals have a higher rate of suicide and self-harm behaviors as both teenagers and adults. Internalized sexism, as well as the factors that may contribute to it, such as rejection and discrimination, may play a key role in this phenomenon. Some other potential health effects include higher rates of depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues, such as low self-esteem, a, reluct a reluctance to call the police when one is the victim of a crime, delays in seeking health care because of shame or concern about discrimination, stress-related illnesses, a lower quality of life, difficulties coming out as trans or seeking gender-affirming care. How can we be an ally to the LBGQT community? People who want to be allies to those in transgender communities should focus on listening and supporting individuals rather than defending themselves as allies. Friendship is an ongoing choice, not something a person can decide to be in a single instance. This is something that I would like for you to take a note of, please. If you are the victim of physical abuse, social media abuse, calls, texts, threats because of your gender identification, please call and report what occurred to the FBI as there are federal laws to protect you. Let me read that again, please. Because I know that this is going on and this is something that we need to address as a society. That no one should be the victim of physical abuse, social media abuse, calls, texts, threats because of their gender identification. But it's up to you. Rise up, call and report Report what occurred to the FBI, and remember there are federal laws to protect you. The FBI can be reached at FBI Hate Task Force 1 800 Call FBI. Again, FBI Hate Task Force, and they can be reached at 1 800 Call FBI. Let's consider some of the following strategies that may help a person be a better friend. Share one's pronouns to make it easier for trans people to share theirs. Use inclusive language whenever possible. Never assume a person's gender or assume that gender expresses itself in specific and predictable ways. Do not use sexist language or mock someone for their gender representation. Intervene when others engage in sexism. I am totally agree with that. It's just like if there's a handicapped child or person and someone is making fun of them. Take a stand for that person. That's not the right thing to do. We shouldn't be targeting people because they choose to be this or they choose to be that. That's their life. And as Christians, let's defend them because Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them. 
just like he loves us. And he doesn't condone the abuse of anyone. So you're, if you're abusing someone and you're a Christian, friend, you do not know Christ. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Do not confuse gender and sexual orientation or make assumptions about a trans person's sexuality. Do not ask a trans person about their real name or real gender. Being trans is not a costume. Do not out a trans person. Do not out anybody. Let's not put anybody down. Why? There's no reason for it. Know that transition looks different for everyone. And do not pressure someone to transition. Understand that gender stereotypes are just stereotypes. People who do not conform to these stereotypes are not necessarily trans. Consider joining an organization for friends and family of trans individuals. For example, trans families offer online and in-person support. In summary, people may experience internalized sexism due to the pressure of society's normative gender expectations. This can be very damaging to people in transgender and gender nonconforming communities. This may result in multiple adverse health care outcomes as well as mental health conditions such as depression and anxiety. People may be able to find support and advocacy from several organizations. Allies can also provide support by using affirming language and educating others about the problems and issues that trans communities face. This is something that I would like to talk to you about, and it's uh, very dear to my heart. For I, uh, unfortunately, I've been a, a part of many uh, people that committed suicide. And I know that it's uh, very hard on the families it's very hard on the first responders that go there and because you're dealt with a person that sometimes are very young and found no cause for living. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Suicide prevention. Transgender people can use national hotlines to access free confidential assistance from trained professionals. Those hotlines are available 20 hours per day. These hotlines may benefit anyone experiencing difficulties with their mental health or those who want or need to speak about their feelings. There are also online messaging and text-based support options available for those who may not be comfortable talking on the phone or discussing their emotions verbally. If a person believes that someone is at immediate risk of suicide, they should call 911 or a local emergency number. Let me let me touch on this a little bit because I know that sometimes we may have a friend and that person is believing that you know that they're going to commit suicide and we feel that we're a bad friend if we call in the police and we get them involved and it's going to make situations worse. But, you know, sometimes and most times when a person is talking that way, they're going to do it. So be a friend. Be a friend. And you know what? If they get mad at you, at some point, 
they're going to come back to you and they're going to thank you for taking a stand on their behalf and for helping them, for being a real friend. Please call 911, call the police, have them come in, and let's get whoever's thinking about suicide the help that they need, please. People should attempt to supply as much accurate information as the emergency services require. That is very important. It's very important that you give the emergency dispatcher as much information about what's going on uh, that you know, so that as the police and other uh, first responders are on their way, they have an idea of what to expect and what's going on in, in that situation. If you know someone at immediate risk of self-harm, suicide, or hurting another person, don't be afraid and ask the tough questions. Are you considering suicide? Again, ask the tough questions. Be the friend. Be the real friend that you are to that person and just flat out ask them, hey, so-and-so, are you considering suicide? And listen to the person without judgment. Don't judge them. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know their background, their history, their childhood. But let's be a friend. And again, please, whatever you do, call 911 or the local emergency number or text talk to this or text talk to 741-741 to communicate with a trained crisis counselor. Again, call 911 or the local emergency number or text TALK to 741-741 to communicate with a trained crisis counselor. Also, please stay with the person until professional help arrives. Don't leave them alone. Also, try to remove any weapons, medications, or other potentially harmful objects that the person may be able to get a hold of. And if you or someone you know is having thoughts of, a, of suicide, a prevention hotline can help. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline, or Lifeline, is available 24 hours a day, and they can be reached at 800 273-8255, that's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, is available 24 hours a day, and they can be reached at 800-273-8255. Also during a crisis, people who are hard of hearing can use their preferred relay or dial 711 then 800-273-8255. Let's read that again, please. During a crisis, people who are hard of hearing can use their preferred relay service or dial 711, then 800-273-8255. So what does God say to you this day? What is God's message to the LBGQT community and all people that are listening to this, for, to this podcast? 
So Jesus says, friends, I called you and I chose you before he formed the foundations of this world. And in Ephesians 1.4 of the New King James Version, he says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Let's read that again. So if you are part of the LBGQT community, or if you don't know Jesus, let's, let's, let's see what Jesus says today. He says, friends, God called you and chose you before he formed the foundations of this world. So he selected you to be born into this world. He chose you before you have a chance to accept him. Isn't that nice? And in Ephesians 1, 4, I'll read it again. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So we're called to be a holy, a holy person and to be without blame before him in love. So what does God require of anyone who wants to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? I have included several verses that will show that there is no human being without sin. There is no human being that can send anyone to hell. There is no human being that controls the will of God. And the following verses apply to anyone. LGBTQ, Jew or Gentiles, red, yellow, blue. In other words, there is not one set of rules for the LGQTB and then another set of rules for everyone else. Moreover, since all of us are predestined, as we have learned in our studies together, God already knew whom would be what. So while it might be a surprise to our parents, our family, our friends, our co-workers, God knew you, and he knew all of us, and what we would be, before he created the foundations of the world. Ephesians 1.4 For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and in love. And he loves all of us with all of our faults, all of our sins, stubbornness, and rejecting him at times putting him off at other times. But you know what? He's willing to forget the past and welcome you into his family. Moreover, he stands ready to, give, to forgive all of us. And who cannot use his forgiveness? I start with myself. I pray every day that the Lord would forgive me of all my sins. And he says that he cares not to remember our past. Once we ask him for forgiveness of our sins and accept him as our Lord and Savior. Let us read Isaiah 43 verse 25 of the New King James Version. Verse 25. I, even I, am he 
who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. So if you want a relationship with Jesus, then all, you, then all of us, all we have to do is confess our sins to him, ask him for forgiveness, and ask him to come into our life and to be our Lord and our Savior. Let us look at 1 John verses 1 through 10 of the New King James Version. Verse 1, what was heard, seen, and touched, that which was form, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Verse number two. That life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father was, all, was also manifested to us. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, and these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Fellowship with him and, and, and other Christians. Number 5, verse 5. This is a message where we, which we have heard from him. And we declare to you that God is light and in, and in him there is no darkness at all. Just think about when you're in a dark room, if you feel uncomfortable and you need to put on a light. Isn't it the same thing? So God is telling you that he is the light in, 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 in any situation that's dark for you. He's going to be the light. He's going to be there for you. He's going to help you pull through. You're not alone. You're not the only person that's going through something. Just remain faithful. And God's going to help you. I promise you. Verse number six. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. So anyone, regardless of what you've been told, that's what Jesus says. Also, verse number eight. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Friends, all of us, anyone at church, anyone that lives, we're all full of sin. And if not, because Jesus reaches out to us every day, is because we're going to be saved, and he saves us every day. So who are we to judge anybody? especially in church. Be like Jesus. Somebody walks in, welcome them, embrace them, share the love that God gave you when you accepted him. I remember when I was baptized and I remember when I was ordained, I thought, I felt that the heavens had opened up. 
It is the greatest day in my life. The day I got ordained with several other brothers. I felt that heaven had opened up. What a day. And friends, when I, when I meet people that want to have Christ, I remember that day. And I embrace you. God loves you. I love you. And there's a lot of pastors that love you that are just waiting for you to come in through those doors. And a lot of brothers and sisters that they're going to love you. Let us continue, please. So what do we have to do to accept Jesus? Verse number nine. If we confess our sins, he, not a pastor, not a church, not church leaders, not church members, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So who is the only person that can clean us from all sins and unrighteousness? It's not a church building. It's not a pastor. It's not the deacons. It's not the church leaders. It's not the people that go to church. So if anyone has told you that you're going to hell because of this or that, my friends, verse number nine, you told them. Verse number nine, if we confess our sins, our individual sins, notice it says our, it's not plural, our sins to him that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. And number 10, verse number 10, and if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. John three sixteen, New King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What was it that God said? He says, in verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, I don't care if you're red, blue, green, whatever you are, if you believe in him, you should not perish, but have everlasting life. And friends, all churches are to welcome and educate anyone who wants to know and grow in Christ. Because those churches belong to Jesus. And the one who paid the price, the ultimate price for all of us, was Christ. It wasn't a pastor. It wasn't a church. It was him. Let us look, please, at Acts 8, 26 through 40. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So Philip arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians who had charge of all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading the Isaiah prophet. Now, 
This is something that if you've ever been the victim of discrimination, well, this is the first person in the Bible that was discriminated against because a eunuch means that they have been castrated. Okay? So, because this gentleman was castrated, he went to Jerusalem to worship. But he wasn't allowed to go inside the church. They wouldn't allow him inside the church. Sound familiar? So you're not alone. But God is in control. And it says, and the eunuch was sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his chariot. So, verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Verse 34. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? In other words, the eunuch wanted to have a relationship with Jesus, but they wouldn't let him in the church. He couldn't, they, they wouldn't educate him. They wouldn't educate him about the word of God. Verse 35. And then Philip opened his mouth and, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Verse number 36. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And this is the key, my friends, to Christianity. Verse 37, then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ, the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. So, all we have to do, regardless of who you are, what your background, whatever you've done, and you know, maybe you're in jail, you're listening to this, and you've committed murder, you've committed rapes. Friend, Jesus says this, like Philip said, in verse 37, let me read it again. Then Philip said, If you, not your family, not your friends, no, no, this is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between you and Jesus. If you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38, So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called, caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Remember that a little while ago I told you that when I got ordained, I felt that the heavens had opened up. And... Um, I can only imagine that this this gentleman felt probably the same way. 
verse number 40, But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, now we want to consider what the Apostle Paul cites in the Old Testament. Paul cites in the Old Testament to charge all with sin, both Jews and Gentiles, preparing the way for the claim that right standing with God is available only for those who trust in the atoning death of Christ. Even though God has promised to fulfill his saving promises to the Jewish people, verses 1-4, through four, they do not possess any inherent advantages, for they too are under the power of sin. Greeks here refer to the Gentile world in contrast to the Jews. So Paul focuses on the sinfulness of every human being, citing Psalms 14, 1-3, and perhaps echoing Ecclesiastes 7.20, when Paul says, None is righteous, no one seeks for God, and no one does good. He means that no human being on his own seeks for God or does any good that merits salvation. But Paul does not deny that human beings perform some actions that confirm externally to goodness, but these actions prior to salvation are still stained by evil since they are not done for God's glory. Romans 1 verse 21, And do not come from the faith. Let us look at 1 John 1, 7-10. through 10. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us all from sin. 8. If we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Verse 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Verse 10, If we claim to have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. There's nobody perfect. Asking Christ into your life and asking for forgiveness of all your sins, regardless of how you identify your gender, regardless of uh, what you've done in the past. Let's look at some Bible verses that will lead us to you, if you would like to accept Christ into your life. Romans 10.9 That if thou shalt confess with the mouth, with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Acts 2.38 then, Pe then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The book of Revelations, Revelations 3.20, 
Now, it's interesting because the book of Revelation in the Greek means the book of Apocalypsis. And in the Greek, the word Apocalypsis means that God is pushing back a curtain. He, he's rolling back the blinds and he's allowing us to see into what's coming, into what happened in the past. So we could really say that the entire book or the entire Bible is the book of Apocalypsis, okay? But Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and I will sup with him and him with me. My friends, anyone, any man, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and I will have supper with him and him with me. John 4, 6, uh, I'm sorry, John 14, 6, Jesus, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Acts 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's only Jesus. That's it. Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, we have a choice to make. And like I said, there are no different rules uh, because you're gay or because you're this. Listen. There's no different rules because there's no difference if you committed a murder, if you're gay, if you are straight and you're an adulterer, if you're full of lies, if you haven't accepted Jesus regardless of what you are. So God is showing us that he wants to have fellowship with us. I leave it up to you to consider these verses because I'm not here to play God. We will never play God in this program. You read, you speak to Jesus, have a relationship to him. See what the Lord says to you. But let's get back to the Ethiopian, the Ethiopian eunuch. Let's see what, ha what happened with him. So the Ethiopian eunuch mentioned in the Bible was a high court official of Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. And he was in Israel to worship the Lord at the temple which means that he was probably a Jewish proselyte, a convert. 
And on his trip home to Ethiopia, he had a life-changing encounter with Philip. Remember? That he was discriminated against. He wasn't allowed in the church. And it tells us that it is believed that the eunuch, um, that the eunuch spread the word all over Ethiopia. So the Ethiopian eunuch is just like so many that have been ostracized from church because of this or because of that, and who and whom is without sin, and he has the authority to, and who has the authority to ostracize anyone from God's house, Amen. And I want to, I want to close out with this. I want you to know that we all look different. We all dress different. We smell different. We eat different types of food, different sodas, drinks, etc. But friend, God loves you just the way you are. Let me say that again. God loves you just the way you are. If anyone's if anyone is in need of prayer, and you want to reach out to me, you can stay anonymous. You can reach me if you'd like at www.hopeisaprayerway.com. Again, www.hopeisaprayerway.com. I assure you that you can remain anonymous. I will never embarrass you. I will never say anything on one of these podcasts about anything. And let's pray together if you can. And let's bring you instantaneous peace by taking whatever concerns you have to the Lord, Christ Jesus. So, again, if you would like for me to pray for you, you can send me an email. You don't have to give me your name. As a matter of fact, all you have to say is, would you please pray for Peter? For friends, God knows what's going on in your life. And he wants to be a part of it. He wants to be a part of the solution. Friends, I'm going to lead you in prayer. And if you've never accepted Christ, and you would like to accept Christ today, and some of us out there, you know that God's been calling you for a long time. And we've been rebellious to his call. And he says to you, today is your day. Let me come into your life. Let me make you new. Let me give you hope in a hopeless situation. So if you would like to accept Jesus, I'm going to say this prayer and you can just follow along. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne. Lord, I ask you for forgiveness of all of my sins. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. This day, please, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me new. Walk with me. Please be my friend, Jesus. And never leave my side. My friends, if you prayed that prayer, I do believe that you are born again. I encourage you 
to please find a good Bible teaching church and keep growing in God. I want to thank you and I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you for sharing your time with me. And I close out with this. The late Reverend John H. Oldstein used to say every time he would close his broadcast, keep Jesus first place in your life and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. May his blessings be upon you and yours today. God bless you and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for everything, my friends.